So life is as beautiful as the way you see it. Isn't that right? Everybody have a great Christmas. I've eaten so much candy. Lord have mercy. Woo. I'm like, I feel like I'm on a sugar rush. I eat so much food. I'm definitely going to have to lose and don't, don't throw rocks at me. These other three pounds I've gained. I hate you. Right? But uh, Christmas is about good family. Right? It's about uh, going to go see relatives and all those things. We, we did all those things. But at the end of the day, uh, it's God that gives us all of our blessings. Right? How many, how many of you parents enjoyed watching your kids open up some gifts? Man, I got some cool stuff. I got, uh, and you know people are thinking about you. Have you ever got a gift and you've like, why in the world would they give me that? Right? And then you wrap it up and give it to somebody else in the next year? Who's ever done it? Raise your hand. Okay. Right. It's like, what were they thinking? But what about when you, you get that gift and you know that that person had to put some thought into it because, I mean, it, it's just you. So I, I knew people were thinking about me because they got me cooking stuff. <laughs> All right? And uh, Lisa, uh, uh, she says I'm hard of hearing. I reckon it's because of all the shooting and stuff. So she got me, what do you call them, beats, beats. You put them on your head, and then that way nobody else has to listen to what you're listening to because she says she can hear it from the living room when I'm in. <laughs> so I think she had an alternative motive there. But I, I had a great Christmas. I, I hope you did. Uh, I, years ago, I was working with this guy. And he's a very spiritual person. And he was so spiritual that on the job, he was always telling somebody about Jesus. Walked around with his Bible. I mean, at break time, he'd be praying. He'd be reading his Bible. And, you know, while it looked to be that this was a guy that was, you know, really trying to share his faith, he was constantly doing that while he was on the job. In other words... He would leave his station and he'd get in a conversation with someone about Jesus and he would just tell him. And I remember walking up to him and, and asking him, what are you doing? He says, and he knew it was a Christian. And he says, you know, I'm, 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 I'm telling my brothers about Jesus. And I'm like, well, I'm like, that's great. I'm like, but maybe wait to break time or something. If somebody wants to hear what you got to say, I mean, that's fine. Uh, but right now, I need you to get on your machine and, do, and, and, and work. And he, and he said this to me. He says, I must be about my father's business. And so I'm like, well, we have the same father. And he told me that you slacking off. <laughs> and that you need to go to work. And I remember that one of the problems I had with him was I couldn't tell him nothing. I couldn't tell him anything. 
he, he was always hearing God's voice, but it seems like the voice was telling him to do contrary to what you know the Holy Spirit expects. And whether or not he felt like he was doing a good job, I realized that most of the people that he was taught people instructions about Jesus. I want you to know that spirituality can't just be determined by what you say. Right? So even though I couldn't tell him anything, have you ever met somebody that you can't tell them nothing? Right? And it's never any worse than somebody that's been brought up in traditions that have been ingrained inside of them. I want us to realize that as we're approaching the new year, we got new adventures, we got new people, we got folks that God will put us around and, and, and God's going to lead different people into your life. And listen, yes, we need to be telling people about Jesus, but the greatest thing that we can do is not just tell people about Jesus, but it, because there's a difference between me telling you about Jesus and you seeing Jesus in me, All right? Are you listening to me? So as, as, as a Christian, we have to be more, uh, more seen than heard, right? We have, to, we have to have an atmosphere about us that people can see Jesus in us instead of us just quoting scriptures. How many of you ever heard somebody quote scriptures, but you got no life from it, right? Jesus said, I'm the bread of life. I'm the bread. The scripture says that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Do you know that the word of God should bring you life? Right? If, if, if you are hearing something that never brings you life, you're not hearing the word of God because the word of God gives you life. Jesus said, my words are spirit and they are life. They give you life. And one of the reasons why Christians don't have any more joy than what they have or the, the atmosphere is, is sometimes so gloomy because the, uh, the, the world can be a gloomy place, right? I mean, I mean, stuff. how many, some stuff happened to you this year, right? How many of you have gone through some stuff this year, right? And so there's a difference when that stuff gets inside of you and begins to control you. When it controls you, it also controls your thoughts. When it controls your thoughts, it controls your words. When it controls your words, you say stuff that you should not have said. Because out of the abundance of the heart, that we should be more spirit than flesh. And it's confusing sometimes because we see the flesh. And it's, it's very difficult. To walk in spirit when you have been cultured to believe that this building maintains some type of spirituality. The, the building is not spiritual. This, this place can be no more spiritual than the people who have filled this place. If you didn't bring Jesus in, he wouldn't be here. Because right? he's gathered where, what? There's believers. 
Isn't it be a shame to have a whole house full of people and Jesus not be anywhere near? Right? This building is not spiritual. It holds no power. It, it doesn't give any essence of power. The, the true power comes from those that have come in to worship the Lord. And listen, it doesn't, it doesn't matter what everybody else does. And, and it doesn't matter how Lord is it with a pure heart. Because if I was just judging off of atmosphere, we would be in trouble this morning. Look at your neighbor like you're looking at me. Right? Can you imagine having to stand up here and, and, and see the struggles that people are going through? Because I look and I'm like, yeah, they must have had a hard week. Right? Yeah, I can tell some of you are tired. I can tell that, you, you know, man, running back and forth. Oh, Christmas is a job. Ain't that true? Lord have mercy. And then don't even get started on, on money. Like 12 grandkids? I'll share some with you. Right? And then all the different stuff that, and then feeding? Right? Uh, traveling here, going, and man, it's just, it's a J-O-B. <laughs> and you, you hear people all the time say, man, I'm glad it came and I'm glad it's gone. Right? With just a couple of days, it's a new it's a new year, right? So I was thinking about that, and first cross thing that crossed my mind is like, whoo, September I'll be fifty nine. I'm like, so I don't care if time slows down a little bit, right? Some of y'all might want to speed it up. I ain't trying to speed it up. I'm like, I, it can it can, he can hold back the sun for a day for all I care. Right? Well, what does being spiritual actually mean? What are we learning? We understand that when we live by flesh, we live by what? We live by time. Time. Time becomes what's relevant to us. Because there's only so much time that we have. We live by age. When we live by the flesh, we live by age. And we determine kind of events in our lives according to that age. So at, when we're 20, it's one way, 40, another way, 60, another way, 80, it's another way. And, and then time goes and our life is no more. And we only have so much what? Time. So when you live by flesh, you live by time. You're trying to accumulate. You're trying to get ready for whatever those events are in your life. So when you're 18 and 19 and you're going to school, going to college and all those kinds of things, maybe you're trying to put your education first, but there comes a thought process and a mind process. Ah. And so you start thinking about marriage and, oh, you find this guy that you fall in love with and you're like, oh, and now you're in your 20s. Hopefully you got your education first. If you did get your education, you're fixing to get an education. Because you can't live off love. Right? Somebody say amen. How many of you wish you could have done it differently than you did the first time? Right? The second time. The third. No, I'm just. Right? It's true. 
Like, so there's different phases in your life and you realize that if you made some wrong choices during some of those phases, now you're trying to go back and catch up what you didn't do right the first time, right? That's why all the young people listen to me, find someone that, ha- that, that doesn't, it, it, that has no reason to lie to you and get some wisdom from them so that you don't have to make the same mistakes that a vast majority of us made, Right? The truth of the matter is, is that at 18 years old, if you start right now and you do like you're supposed to do with your money, you will be a millionaire by the time you're 55 years old and it won't take you that much money to save. You just got to save it early. Ooh, I'm so mad. Like all that preacher could tell me is to stop smoking and fornicating. He should have told me about compound interest. That's... <laughs> right? It's true. It's true. It's because people regulate spirituality different ways. But at each of those phases, when you live by purpose, you don't worry about time because you know that your time is regulated to your purpose and that you're not leaving the earth until you fulfill what God has called you to do. So you don't have to worry about time, right? Are you listening? See, Whether that is 33 or whether that is 93, you are purposed. So if you're always living in the flesh, you'll be consumed with time. And let me tell you something. There will never, ever be enough time for you. But when you live by purpose, you never even worry about time because you know God holds your life in his hands. And that whenever your time is up, you can just simply say, hey, my, my time for departure is at hand. Hey, I have finished. I kept the faith. I finished. Man, I, I don't want to go before I can say those words. I have finished. That's why I don't live by the flesh. I live by the spirit because I know that my time is regulated to purpose. And when you live a a purpose life, it's, it's different. In other words, conflict doesn't affect you the same way it does everyone else. Because when you live by purpose, look at your neighbor, you expect a little trouble. Now, say this with me. Keep things simple. Have, has someone ever had a conversation with you that lasted 30 minutes and they could have told you in a minute what that took 30 minutes to tell you? Right? How many of you does that get on your nerves? It does mine. I'm like, because, you know, you, you took 30 minutes trying to tell me something that I know I could have said it in less than a minute or two minutes. Somebody say this, keep it simple. Somebody say it like this. Please get to the point. Have you ever had an argument with somebody and they keep right on and on and on and you finally say, get to the point. Because they go around and now they're reminding you of stuff that's not even relevant to the conversation that you're having. But they just feel like talking, I suppose. All right? Look at your neighbor and say, too much. Do you know that religion can be extremely complicated? Right? With all its laws, with all its regulations, with all its rules, it can be complicated. People follow a system. And when you follow that system, 
things can get complicated. There were so many laws under the Old Testament, it, it was complicated. Jesus kept things pretty simple. Matthew 22, verse 36 through 40. Somebody asked Jesus what the greatest commandment was. He said, teacher, which is the great command? Jesus said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, all your strength. And he says, this is the first and the great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. He said, on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. In other words, everything that you're going to learn in the law, everything that you're going to learn from all the prophets can be summed up in two commandments. That you love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength, and you love your neighbor as yourself. And he says, if you do these things, you will fulfill all the law. If, if you just fulfill these two simple things. Now, loving the Lord God with all of your heart is not a cliche. Loving him with all of your soul, it's not a cliche. Loving him with all your mind, somebody say, help me, Jesus. Right? Loving him with your energy, loving him with your strength, it's not a cliche. Look, loving your neighbor, I don't know if you have good neighbors. I've, I've had some neighbors that I never, I don't want to stay beside them in, in heaven. Now, I had a neighbor, they, they I don't even know who it is, that they, they, they brought by some Christmas cookies and all that kind of stuff, and, and which was great. And then, I don't know, somebody must have reported me uh, because <laughs> I'm like, I just look at Lisa and I'm like, you know, this never happened in the country. <laughs> and then they sent me the statue uh, of the law that says you can't be that close to a mailbox. So they, they backed it up with statue. I moved my van three days later, you know what I mean? <laughs> so I'm like, oh, goodness gracious. Religion is complicated. Uh, the reason why we exist is not because of religion, it's because of life. It's because of Christ living on the inside of us. And, and listen, every day that you get up doesn't necessarily mean that you, you feel like you're just going to run and jump in circles. How, how do you know? Because I can look at most of you and just tell that you are tired and you don't feel like running and jumping in circles that, you know, there's not this atmosphere that makes everybody just want to jump up and, and, and run and say, oh, you ever been to those happy churches? <laughs> you know what I mean? That every service is, woo, woo, woo. I mean, they're just so happy. But then, right? Right? At least you guys are normal. <laughs> right? Okay, it's a normal crowd today. I mean, I ain't going to have a whole lot of energy, but at least they're real. Right? 
At least you showed up. There's a whole lot of them. They're still laying in bed suffering over Christmas. How do you get so many Christmas gifts and still be suffering? I'm just tired. The Lord understands, right? I, I, don't, I don't fuss the people whether they come to church or they don't come to church. Uh, all I know is that, that being human and, and understanding that spirituality can't just be determined by how you feel. Come on, talk to me. It can't be determined by just how you feel because for, for too long, people fake too many emotions that were not real and they made spirituality in something that it was not because spirituality is not based upon how you feel. It's based upon what you believe. And what you believe determines what you'll do. And that is you'll get up out of bed even though you don't feel like it and you'll come to the house of the Lord and you'll sit there on that chair even though you don't feel like getting up going, hallelujah. (laughs) Am I talking to anybody? Huh? Am I making it plain? Right? It's all right to be normal. Right? It's all right to be normal. Look at your neighbor and say, thank the Lord. Now, some of you are a little bit too normal. Right? But being spiritual has nothing to do with you being fake. Come on, let me say it again. Being spiritual has nothing to do with you putting on airs. Right? Because false worship is a lie. Come on, talk to me. Trying to fake something just so you look spiritual makes you a hypocrite. Come on, talk to me. Right? Right? God's walking up to me. God bless you, brother. Love you in the name of Jesus. Right? Glory be to the Lord. You get on my nerves. Right? You don't even know me. Right? I just love you with the love of Christ. You scare me. Like, who talks like that to begin with, right? It's weird, right? My only one, you know, who won the Clemson and Ohio game? Who did? I, I, I didn't. Who won? Huh? Clemson won? Okay. All right. My buddy Matthew's happy then. He's a traitor. He lives in Ohio and he likes Clemson. Right? Spirituality has nothing to do with the rules that you follow and what you say that comes out of your lips. Real spirituality comes from having a purpose in life and dealing with the conflicts that happen without blaming God for everything and without blaming the devil for everything. Learning to have some spiritual discernment between Flesh and spirit, learning to put that into balance. Now, was my friend and my co-worker going after witnessing and all those, is, 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 is that a good thing? Yeah, but you know, you can do something good at the wrong time and turn it into a bad thing, right? You ever been in a service and preaching is really good and all of a sudden somebody stands up starts speaking in tongues the whole atmosphere changes 
right? And happens to be so out of order that it's just crazy. And it brings kind of like a chaos. How many of you like to hear singing? Right? At 2.30 in the morning. Weird, weird, no. I used to live beside some people. Every time they got drunk, they would uh, play the guitar and start singing gospel music. (laughs) Three o'clock in the morning. I mean, play it loud. And I remember, true story. I opened up my window and I shouted out, I will get saved if you stop singing. I mean, go to drinking, sing gospel. I mean, which is, which is good. I mean, if, you, if, if, if you're going to get drunk, yeah, sing some gospel music, right? I mean, it was country gospel too. And God was getting down on that guitar. I'm like, but couldn't get him to go to church, save my life, right? But singing at the wrong moment, what, what a beautiful sight it would have been if he'd come to church, give his life to Christ, and, 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 and then months later, you see him up on the, on the stage playing that guitar sober, right? But for him, that was his way of being spiritual. That was his way of getting close to God. It was, you know, his way of aggravating me at 2.30 in the morning, right? I didn't see it as spiritual. I saw it as aggravating. Can you say amen? It is a wonderful thing when you understand. John 3, verse 6. Let's, let's go here for just a moment. He said, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Say with me. Flesh is flesh. Spirit is spirit now not to get too spooky on you we know the scripture says that we live in this world but we are not of this world right some people can go really wacky here we know that we don't conform to this world but we are transformed by the right so even though we live in this world we're not of this world our mindset changes because now we start Hearing by spirit instead of just by flesh. But we still have to live in the flesh. And there's some natural things that we actually experience. Everybody say education is good. Education is preparation for the things that are natural. When you become educated, you are preparing yourself for something that happens within the world. Now, it can transform over to spirit, but you can never ever just downgrade education. We used to hear people all the time say that, you know, well, you know, I'm just going to do, and, and, and what? There's nothing wrong with being educated, right? There's nothing wrong with the preachers being educated, right? But I've, I, 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 I've seen some, and, and, and I've said it before that, you know, you know that they went to cemetery school. 
right? So education that doesn't have any life to it when it's considered to be something spirit puts you back in religion and the law because when you are speaking, there should be life. When the, when the word of God comes forth, there should be life. You should be able to see things plainly. Jesus says, I'm the bread of life. So it should sustain you. There, there should be something that you are growing from that, that, that gives you a, a better insight. How many of you men are smarter now after being married to your wife for five years? Right? What about the rest of you? Right? You're smarter, right? How did you get smarter? Yeah, she educated you. Right? There's an education that transpires. <laughs> Listen, when you, get, when you get married, you become educated. Because you might have an unrealistic view of how it's going to be. Right before you get married, everything is lovey, lovey, lovey. And man, y'all can just live off of, 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 of the kisses and, and the romance and, and it's so great. And then you start living with that person and you start seeing stuff that you didn't know was in there. It's getting quiet. Did I get on a bad subject? Right? And, and now you start learning you know, how, how to maneuver through that process, right? Because it, you, you, you get shocked that the person that you love is not perfect, right? And they have ways that get on your nerves, right? Right? When you're first dating, you know what you do? You keep your mouth shut about it. You don't say a whole lot about it, right? You, you'll take more stuff, Right? Her being late doesn't, you know, just take your time. But after like three, four years, you leave her at the house, right? <laughs> hey, y'all, right? Like, you, how many of you, you've been together long enough where you can finish each other's sentences sometimes, right? You, you get to know that person. Uh, I'll say to Lisa sometimes, and she'll say, no, I know what you're thinking. And sometimes I'll just smile, and in the inside of me, I'm like, no, you don't. <laughs> if you only knew what I was thinking right now. Huh? You don't tell everything you know unless you haven't been educated. And then when you start telling everything you know and everything that you think, that's when you become educated. Right? In religion, people give you a set of rules to educate you, but not to enlighten you. Are you listening? Because when you are being led by the Spirit, God has a tendency to put you in places that your education wouldn't take you to. Your mind wouldn't take you to. Who would have thought that Jesus, instead of going in a straight line, he decides to go around his elbow to his thumb to go through Samaria? Why? Because there was one woman 
at a well that he was fixing to go speak to. And he simply said, I must needs to go through Samaria. Disciples are like, well, that's a long way. That's not the, that's not the quick way. Do you, do you know that being led by the Spirit opens up the doors for you to be able to share the greatest thing that you have as a Christian? And that is your own testimony. Right? Because people would rather see Jesus in you than hear you talk about it. Are you listening? The, the book that people are going to read about Jesus is us. They're going to read us. It's, it's going to be that, that, that wisdom that comes from that experience of going through something. One of the greatest moments I think I've ever experienced in seeing a book come to life was when I was sitting down with Carlita Lanata, just a great, great person, uh, the grandmaster over the whole art of Kuntao, just has done so much in life, the who's who. I mean, just a brilliant man, uh, like from Chuck Norris, Bruce, I mean, all these guys, the original guys, Carlito is known. Taught the Navy SEALs at Subic Bay for 15 years. Just a great person. And I sat down with him and listened to him tell me the story. His father was a commander in the guerrilla warfare when the Japanese invaded the Philippines. His father was known and his nickname was known as Pontius Pilate. And that's because they say that he showed no mercy. These were the guerrillas that actually operated in guerrilla warfare. So many, who, so many lives. So I'm looking at a person who has taken other people's lives. I'm looking at a, a man as a very, very young man running through the jungles of the Philippines to give messages to the guerrillas that were stationed, that were going through this warfare. I watched as he told me the story of the hunger that they had at times. And I saw the tears as they welled up in his eyes. And at that time, he was probably in his 70s. This was a guy that at 70-some years old could squat down on one foot all the way to the ground and stick his other foot right straight out. No, I can't do it. <laughs> I have tried, 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 can't do it. 70-some years old and he could still do it. I was like, wow, amazing. But when he told that story, it wasn't somebody that was just looking at a book and relaying something that had been said. This was firsthand. See, we become very good at talking about Abraham and Moses. 
we become good at talking about Paul and all the disciples. But I want you to understand that the Bible was never meant to be a scapegoat for you to always be learning what somebody else did. Are you listening? Because you're supposed to be writing your own book, telling your own story. You are the living epistle of a living God. You're the living, breathing, walking Bible of a God that fills us with so much power that he enables us to be salt and light. To to move beyond just saying the great stories of the Bible, but be creating stories in your own life because your testimony is the most important thing that you have to share that becomes real with the people that you are talking to because it ain't about what you said he did for Abraham. It's about what he has done for you and your family. And what gives it life is you. You give it life. Church is not supposed to be coming about hearing about just stories that other people have done. Listen, thank God that Moses was there and the Red Sea parted and and the Joshua, all the walls fell down. Look, look I, I don't know. Maybe it will work for you. Maybe it won't. But I, I'd, I'd rather walk around my own house than talk about walking about somebody else's house. Right? I'd rather have an experience that carries me to a different place. That's why don't be afraid of your conflict. Don't be afraid of what you're going through. Don't, don't be afraid of, of what comes your way because this is your ability to, to actually have a story yourself about how you stood through the test of time, how your faith brought you through. And you're not talking about somebody's else faith that, that, that you're comparing something to that happened to them, but you're now telling your own story. If it wasn't for the Lord, I would have lost my mind. Somebody say amen. Amen. Huh? If it wasn't for the Lord, this is the way that you witness. This is the way that you begin to share your faith. Listen, no one's ever going to come to church because you tell them what Abraham did in the Bible. Are you listening? When you sit down with people, do you know that God will open up the avenues You don't have to worry about what to say. You just got to be willing to say. Right? When you're led by the Spirit, you don't have to have all these thoughts. Have you ever seen somebody try to memorize something? And then when they're trying to give it back, they get it all messed up? Because they're trying to memorize it. Right? And now it comes out awkward. Right? That's what a lot of witnessing used to be. You go to church, right? Where you don't. Do you know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior? Right? I had this guy sit down. Anybody, you remember when the mall was alive and well? I was just sitting there minding my own business. Weird to come and sit down beside me and handed me a track. And then just looked at me. And ask me, do you know Jesus? And I told him yes. Because he scared me. Right? I did. But sometimes I'll, I'll just play along with it because, I, you know, I want people to get the experience. <laughs> Have you ever did that? It's the coolest thing in the whole wide world. 
Like somebody witnessing to you, so I act unsaved. I don't even tell them I'm a preacher. Just God's truth. I'm like, I don't want to break the thunder. They were brave enough to say something, so I just like, I let them go through their spiel, and I thank them, right? Just to see what's in them, right? See, see if they do a good job at it. <laughs> Y'all ain't never done that? Y'all got to get out more. I told you the story. It's a true story. Uh, me and Lisa, you know, every Sunday sometimes we, we would put on our leathers and, and, and we go to the movies, right? So we get down, we ride, get to the movies, get off. She looked good in that leather. But I remember this old guy come up and he's like, hand me a track, start talking to me, talking about Jesus. And I never said to him, you know, and then I want to preach. I just, I just let him like, you know, do all that and talk to me about Jesus. And I, I, I thanked him and and Lisa asked me, she says, why did you tell him you was a preacher? I'm like, I, I, didn't want, I, I didn't want to mess him up. You know, I'm like, here he is. I'm like, he's coming over here. We're, I reckon we'd look like bikers or something like that. And he's telling us about Jesus. I want him to do a good job, right? People have a tendency to downplay talking about Jesus today. That we believe that it's such a politically correct thing to do that we have a tendency to get to ourselves. Do you know that witnessing is becoming something that's obsolete in most people's lives? Witnessing is becoming obsolete in the church because now the church has replaced everybody's spirituality and all of their purpose because now people's purpose is just coming to church and just lifting their hands and worshiping and going home. You ain't listening to me. Right? Somebody give me a whoop, whoop, whoop. Right? Because some of you are tired. Right? Got a whole lot on you. Listen. No matter how tired you are. No matter what you're experiencing. Nothing changes the fact that we don't live by spirit. We live by spirit. Sometimes you've got to encourage your own self in the Lord. Sometimes it's not about how you feel. It truly is about what you believe. Has God been good to you? Right. Has he been good to you? Really good. How good has God been to you? Has he been really good? Is he an amazing God? How much do you love him? Do you know that love always has a conversation to it? Right? It's impossible to love somebody and not talk to them, right? So we talk to the Lord. We have conversation with him. We have purpose in life. John 5, 39 and 40 says this. You search the scriptures for in them you think you have eternal life. Somebody say that. You think. He says, but these are they which testify me. Jesus was telling a bunch of religious Leaders, you read the Bible, you, you read the scriptures, you read the Torah, you read the law, you search them. Sad thing to read the scriptures and not know who he is. Because you don't learn Jesus by being educated. You learn Jesus by spirit. You learn by revelation. When Jesus was asking, who do men say that I am? What does he say to Peter? He said, some say that you're John the Baptist, you're Elijah from... All this, he said, but who do you say that I am? And he simply said, you're the Christ. And Jesus simply said, flesh and blood didn't reveal that to you. But that was my father, which is in heaven. 
Do you know that the scholars looked at the disciples and said that they were ignorant people? But one thing that they noticed is that they had been with the Lord. Do you know that your education is not what people need to see when it comes to your spirituality? It's the Christ that's inside of you. I think I told you the best compliment I think I've ever had came from a young lady that was in prison. And I remember as I walked up to her, and the service was really great, and I shook her hand. And I remember her looking at me, and she simply said, I see Jesus in your eyes. And I thought that that was the greatest compliment that anyone had ever given me, that they could see Jesus in my eyes. Because I'm telling you, when you look in my eyes and have looked in my eyes, the last thing on the planet that you have seen is Jesus. Look at your neighbor and say amen. Right? We don't, we don't always have Jesus in our eyes. We are the only book that people are going to really, really, truly read and see Jesus in. That's it. I don't know about you, but the first of the year, uh, I believe that God's going to just do great things. Uh, I know that these things are not something that, that just happened to happen. You know, whether you realize it or not, uh, we have a new roof. Uh, $17,500, uh, there's a new roof on this place. Somebody say, thank the Lord. Right? Emory's place, well over $12,000 giving away for Christmas, supporting uh, a lot of different uh, events. Uh, so many beautiful things that are transpiring do you know that that, that $12,000 just didn't happen to happen? You know how it happened? Because there was several folks, a bunch of people that, you know, got together, uh, were cooking, were actually putting off. Do you know that when you see that truck and you see it in operation, do you realize that that's not when the work took place? It's normally a couple of days before, and it's a couple of days after, Right? Somebody say, truck, clean yourself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Friars, be clean in the name of Jesus. You know? it, and wouldn't it be good if you could just snap your fingers and say, you know, house, be clean. Amen. Bathroom, clean yourself. Right? <laughs> Dog, let yourself out of the house. All right? What does it take? It takes what? It takes work. It takes effort. Do you know that nothing is going to change in your life unless there's some effort? How many of you just wish the weight off of you? <laughs> yeah, you do it. Does it work? All right? <laughs> to lose weight, we have to do what? You have to exercise or enjoy the weight, Right? I tell people it, it costs a lot of money to put this on. Don't be so quick to take it off of me, right? Isn't that true? So to be healthy, what do you have to do? You have to change your diet. You have to do some things to help yourself, to listen, to be intent by spirit, to live a healthy life. One of that processes is, is controlling what you think. Look at your neighbor and say, that's a big one. When, when you can control what you think and how you allow stuff to mess with you, if you can do that, 
2020 is going to be good. Right? It's going to be a whole lot better. I want you to stand to your feet and close your eyes for just a moment. And if you so will, just lift your hands toward the Lord. That's fine. And I want you to get into a spiritual state of mind. Just get into a spiritual state of mind. And this is not about lightning bolts. It ain't about a bunch of energy. It's just about you and the Lord. Maybe 2019 has had some trying moments like Pastor Randy was talking about. Maybe there's been some things that you've experienced that you've gone through. That's normal. Conflict is normal in our lives. Trouble comes. Things happen. How it affects us and how it affects our spirituality. That's a, that's a different approach. God simply loves us. He simply loves us. And although it might seem bad, what faith does is it turns this over to the Lord and faith says, all things are going to work together for my good. And I love God. It says to them who love God, who are called according to his purpose. So say this with me right now. Say, I love you, God. And I thank you for purpose. Let this be the year that purpose is my preparation. Help me to understand my purpose. Father, give me the eye of the Spirit and the ear of the Spirit. And help me to become a living epistle. Not weird, but just in love with you. Not someone that's just aggravating, but someone inviting. Help me to tell my story about what you've done for me. And help me in giving me life. I ask you that in the powerful name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, do something. Really, really special. Turn and really, really smile at someone. Give them some energy. Just look at them and smile. Just, just be excited about the year. Enjoy the, 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 the moment. Who loves people? Right? Like, you, like, you like folks? So but before we walk out of this place, Look, I don't, want you to, I don't want you to run. I don't want you to get out. I want you to really take. There's people in here you probably have never shared.